Hello there, my name is Jordan, and you're listening to The Senshi Study, a podcast where I drag my friends in to watch, discuss, and analyze every magical girl anime to learn what it takes to become a magical girl. Class is now in session. Today's study buddy is Silver Maxis, back with me again. Hi, he kidnapped me again. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody needs to know those things, but we're going to continue Sailor Moon today. Oh boy, so, this again. So we watched episodes one and two. Yeah, we watched episodes one and two last time, the next... and yeah, that that was an adventure. But this time we watched episodes three and eight. So the reason Wait, eight. I'm. I that, have, that's not how you count. I have a math degree, I swear. <laughs> but the reason we're going to skip ahead a little bit is we want to go watch all the core episodes needed. If something is 100% filler, we're probably going to skip over all of it, and we might watch it and go back again in the future. Yeah, we want to get expect a filler episode eventually. Basically, we want the core series or the core story here. Mm-hmm. Without further ado, we'll get into episode three: the mysterious sleeping sickness. Protect the girls in love. Oh boy! <laughs> well, this is going to be an interesting uh, episode. Now, this was actually the um, actual episode two for the original dub, compared to you know it's yeah. So our this is going to be the original dubs episode two. So there's a little bit skipped, but this is still a pretty key episode. So mm-hmm. it starts out with all the normal things you get. You hear the theme song and you get mm-hmm. to hear Sailor Moon introduce herself. We're not going to spend too much time going over this because it's going to be the same and we're not going to talk about it until it's finally different. Yep. All right. So going over that, we go into the whole Piranha Dark Place dungeon layer again as we <laughs> see Beryl and Jadeite. <laughs> and just like all of all of the no minions. Yeah. And Jadek continues to tell Beryl how he has a new plan and he's going to have his assistant Fro with a new idea of how to get energy. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the radio with yeah. Usagi and Naru in their houses listening to the radio and listening to this program called Midnight Zero. And let's just say that Jordan had a good time with... Because it's obviously Jadai on the other line, right? Yeah. So with smooth, seductive tones, he ends up talking about love stories and reading out love letters to all the fans and talking about how there's a new prize. Anybody who participates, throws in their love letters, they'll get a magical brooch that will make people fall in love with you. And the first one is Miss Harna. Yes. Usagi's teacher. Yeah. So then turns out the, the letter being read out loud would be Miss Harna. Which Usagi immediately recognizes, like, that's, no, that, that can't be it, right? She's old. Yeah. And then we get the name that Jadeite goes under. Yep, so Jadeite ends up signing out. This is Midnight Zero. And what was the name? Jadeito. Jadeito. <laughs> I remember when we... I remember when we watched the episode and and we both just looked at each other and just repeated J Daito. Incredible. <laughs> just my god. That is just the most ridiculous thing ever. After being told that this is J Daito signing off, we get Usagi and Luna talking and Luna's telling her that she needs to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Cause Luna is the real mom that we really needed because the real mom is not doing as much as we like. Yeah. To be fair, most real moms in anime are dead. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. You know, it's like they're either dead or missing. You know. Yep. So we end up skipping to the morning, and you get to see both of her parents interacting with each other, which is actually in a weird way cute because of just the way that they're just so friendly with each other. Yeah. And at the same time, they're having their very very standard sex roles. <laughs> 
It's just just like the mom being like, oh, honey, you're so sweet. And and the, the father is reading the newspaper and talking about how there's this sleep sickness going on. And he's just thinking, wow, sleep sickness. I can definitely use some of that. Yeah, but yeah, that'd be a bad thing. <laughs> so I, I absolutely love these adorable parents right here. And then she just like starts feeding him toast because she knows what's up. <laughs> yeah, it's like we then hear, as per usual... Usagi is late for class. So she's just barging downstairs and talking about how late she is, and then... She grabs her toast! Oh, I'm so proud of her. They grew up so fast. Finally, she grabs the toast! Then this isn't the only competent thing that she does in this episode. We'll get to that later. But... Yeah, the toast is only the beginning. Oh my god. You know what? You know, it, all, it all makes sense now. She does a lot better in this episode because she actually grabbed her toast. Breakfast. The most important meal of the day. <laughs> Huzzah! So, we skip to school, and Harun is not here. Mmm, very mysterious. People are worried, except Usagi. She's kind of glad because that way she doesn't get counted as late. Yep. I think it's a rule of thumb if you show up before the teacher, you don't count as late. <laughs> yeah, basically. So the teacher does eventually show up, but she's tired. She looks absolutely <laughs> wrecked, like she's hungover. Yeah, exactly. But she has one of those flower pendants. Yep. So I just imagine, like, you just got mad late that night. Oh my You're god. Like, Somebody will fall in love, show up super tired. Oh <laughs> god. And then she passes out. Yeah, she she legit passes out. Anyways, before we get any further into that, we have to cut to Luna. Actually, never mind. I think her last words before passing out were, eh, just do whatever you want for class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not worrisome. But then we cut over to Luna. Mm-hmm. And Luna is, well, she's kind of annoyed that Isagi is, you know, a lazy idiot. Mm-hmm. She's like, ah, oh, so she's just not doing what she needs to. And then... Ah, look who it is. It's Matoki. So he ends up looking over and she's just immediately doing her best cat impression to try to like, like be as subtle meow. as possible. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. And as a result, he's like, yeah, I'll go get some milk. Welcome back. <laughs> and then Luna's just, wow, I wish you would treat me with some respect. Yeah, Matoki and Luna, my OTP right here. <laughs> it's the only relationship I've seen in the show so far with respect. Oh my god. Well, what about Usagi's parents? I mean, they're also taking very strict gender roles already, so. Eh, it was the 90s. Oh, the 90s. So yeah, before Luna can get her milk, though, she hears the sound of an ambulance. And who's there to be on the ambulance? Then Miss Harana herself. Yep. Super passed out this time. Yeah, it seems like something's going on. So that's worrisome. Mm-hmm. But obviously Usagi is like, eh, it's fine. We don't have to do anything. Actually, after having this whole ambulance situation, we cut over to the station. Oh, yeah. And apparently... Midnight Zero does not actually exist. Yeah, they're receiving dun, dun, dun. They're receiving all these letters, but they don't really know who this is supposed to be to because it's going to some station that doesn't exist, to some person that doesn't exist. And mm-hmm. there's this assistant woman who's very clearly evil saying, oh, I'll take it off your hands. Yeah, seriously. It's like you, you see her and you're just like, well, yeah. Well, this is the third evil middle-aged woman we've had in a row, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hope this is a trend. Uh, well, we'll definitely see, I mean. So then we cut back to Usagi and Naru. Yep, and they're, like, talking about how they're going to write letters to get their flower pendants, and Naru says that she's just gonna write about a fake future boyfriend instead of an actual boyfriend. And the one thing I have to say about this is that between last episode with Naru being very kind of manipulative with the whole fortune teller thing yeah and then the whole you know freaking future boyfriend crap just like wow naru you are a very manipulative b-word yeah 
But anyway, so she just says, yeah, I'll go make up my own boyfriend. And Usagi says, like, wow, that's really smart. Why did I think of that? And in my head, I'm just thinking, like, oh, so when she makes up a boyfriend, she's considered smart and cool. But when I bring a Hatsune Miku body pillow to prom, I'm considered a loser. (laughs) Ugh. You didn't actually do that, did you? So we go over. Okay, now I'm kind of worried. So let's see what happens next. Next up, Usagi runs into Mamoru. Yeah. So they're continuing to talk, and then she just bumps, and then just be like, oh, sorry. And she ends up bowing down to some kind of like... The telephone pole. Yeah, she's bowing to the telephone pole and not looking, and she looks up and... It's Mamoru. Probably the worst person who could have noticed this thing. Yeah. And as usual, he's just being a real meanie. Yeah, he's a jerk. He he should get a lobster bisque dumped on him. Yeah. But it's over pretty quickly, and they end up heading out. Yeah, that's basically how it is. So she ends up being absolutely furious that Mamoru is around and is just continuing to yell and call him things back. They're very clearly having this weird hate relationship with each other. Yeah, definitely. I I don't get why, why, spoiler alert, but they're supposed to get together in the end. I don't get why. Well, obviously, he's the king of negging. And I don't know how I feel about that. King of negging, okay. Do you know what negging is? I have no idea. Negging is a tactic in some, like, pickup artist guides of how to get laid. Of saying, like, oh, if you make fun of a girl and lower her self-esteem or just show that you're not interested, they'll be interested. Okay, so basically Helga from Hey Arnold. So here are your dating lessons from the Senshi study. Oh my god. No, don't do that. Negging is mean. Don't. Negging is mean. That is not how I met my girlfriend. I did not treat her like crap. So where do we jump to next? Um, next up is Usagi writing the love letter. Yeah. So um, Usagi's trying to make, write this love letter, and she's having a lot of trouble with it. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Luna gives the advice that she, it's kind of a useless letter unless she's writing to somebody. Yeah, exactly. So Usagi's just at home writing a love letter, and Luna ends up telling her that the letter is absolutely useless unless she's writing to a legitimate person. Which, yeah. you know, good on her. That is fair. Luna L- is the listen, real mom. Listen to Luna, Usagi. Listen to your cat mom. Yes, listen to cat mom. Um, Usagi ends up going to the station at night, being like, hey, can I go and talk to Jay Daito? Yeah. And they're like, there is no Jay Daito. Yeah, because she wants advice because she just has no idea how to write a love letter. There is no war in bossing, say. Yeah, so she wants help from Jay Daito because she has no idea how to write a love letter. And they tell her that he doesn't exist. And the station doesn't exist. Well, the station exists, but the program doesn't. That's right. So the station and the time, there is something for that time, but it's not this thing. Yeah, which is very mysterious. So they Mm. head on home, and they listen. (laughs) And sure enough, Midnight Zero is there. Yep, very real. She's like, ha, real, like a conspiracy theorist. is like, I told you! (laughs) I was right! And then you see Luna is just looking through the newspapers like, no, this is not supposed to be a thing. Yeah, this is weird. Jedi was on and he says the love letter comes from... Naru. Yeah. So she's going to be the next target. That's always healthy. Yep. And so we then cut to the next day at school and Naru ends up getting her flower brooch. Yep. So there's a bit of like an unwrapping process and a bunch of friends just looking around or random girls in the class. Mm -hmm. And she puts it on and is starting to get drowsy. And out like a light. Yep, because she's losing that human juice. Yep, that sweet, sweet human juice that Beryl needs to survive. And one thing that I like is that Usagi immediately notices, wow, she's passed out. This is a bad thing. She tries to investigate, but she ends up touching the flower and passes out herself. Yeah, so I didn't know that the flowers were actually contagious. I thought it was just whoever's wearing it. Yeah, weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, good on Usagi for actually being observant. Yeah, she noticed that it was the same flower as her teacher's. Yeah, this is, this is surprising. That's two points for Usagi now. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, she first she got her toast. And now she's actually solving things. This is what happens when you get your toast, Usagi. All right. So she ends up falling asleep. So I guess 
you know, downside there. But it was a it was actually a really cute sequence because she's like in this dreamland and then within this dreamland is floating tuxedo mask. Yeah. Oh tuxedo mask, you're so amazing. Yep, talking about how hot he is and everything like that. And I really like how she's just going to ask if Tuxedo Mask is her future boyfriend and in her, you can see in her mind, in her subconscious, she's like, Yes, I did it. And I think it's really <laughs> cute that she's excited about this whole thing and confident that she was able to pull it off. And it's it's funny because this dream is almost like a simulation and trying to like push her to do stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, she just straight up asks, and he says, yes, indeed, or something like that. No, it, what does he respond with? It seems that way. It seems that way. Yeah, and she's Can like... Can you take off your mask? And then, um, what is the interaction? Yep. Just, just as he's about to take off his mask. She's woken up by Luna. Yep. And they're in, was it a hospital yeah, room? Yeah, I'm guessing see... it's probably, like, probably the probably the school clinic. Yeah, and Naru's, like, currently just, like, passed out on the other bed, and Luna's, like, right on top of Naru while talking to Usagi. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Naru. <laughs> She's asleep, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I guess. So they talk about how they need to check this stuff out. Yep, but they won't be able to get in there because the security guard's there. So what are they going to do? Luna gives a new toy. It's a- A brand new toy. It's a pen. A brand new pen. It's a pink pen. A pink pen. So this- Of doom. (laughs) So this very colorful pen allows her to transform. Wait, I thought that she already could transform. Transform and disguise herself however she wants to look like, though. Hmm- so it's a disguise pen. It's a disguise pen. So she decides to transform into a gorgeous newscaster. Yeah, she she emphasizes the gorgeous part. And and Luna definitely points out, like, did you have to say gorgeous? <laughs> and this is something that I absolutely love, just because I feel like that's something that a little girl would want to do and be like, yeah, I want to be pretty. Yeah. That makes sense to me. And, you know, what's actually interesting is that, yeah, Usagi's very competent in this. Yeah. Clumsy, but competent. She does it. And Luna says, wow, she actually might be able to do this before Usagi trips. Yeah, to be fair, like... Heels are hard. Heels are hard. I've, 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 I've walked in heels before. I have too. It's a nightmare. Wait, you have? I mean, gotta try. Wow, okay. It's a challenge. But, let's see. So she ends up just entering into the station and then runs into, you know... Our Furo and Jay Daito. Jay Daito. And she just marches in straight past them. Yeah. Sits down. And is like, you guys should not be giving your love letters to this. And actually gives um a pretty good speech, although it's kind of like taken from Luna. Yeah. She talks about how those love letters should go to somebody that they actually want to give it to instead of just putting out on air for a prize. Yeah, exactly. So the others aren't too happy about this. Yep, and so Furo ends up turn- changing into her monster form, in which she is the embodiment of Shoop de Whoop. Yeah, so she's this transformed lady starts just firing lasers out of her mouth. Yeah, just like blarg. Yeah, so luckily Sailor Moon gets out of the way, dodges all the hits, gets outside, and oh, we- oh, we should forget, or we we can't forget that um, that manipulating girls is crossing the line, and this isn't a crosswalk. Oh, yeah. And that's one of my favorite lines that she ends up telling so him. So good. Yeah. And after that line, she uses her Destructo disc. Her Moon Tiara Destructo action disc. Yep. And then she misses. But then actually turns that around and blows up the baddie. Just, my God, Usagi is actually being smart. That's four points of Usagi now? <laughs> Holy crap, this is four points for Usagi. All right. And so after this enemy blows up, there's still a second one, though. There's still yeah, Jade Daito. We gotta fight Jadeite. Or, well, he, well, he says that his name is Jadeite to yeah. Usagi. Yeah, <laughs> in a, in a very a interesting bad, way. You're a bad guy. Yes, I am Jadeite. You know, he's like, yes, and my name is Jadeite. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for telling us your name. Odd courtesy. A little irrelevant, but 
I'll remember that. Thank <laughs> exactly. you. Exactly. So they get into a fight, and you know what? She springs into action. Yeah, she actually tries to hit him. She aims for that double kill. However, it doesn't exactly work because she she throws her tiara. He blocks it. Yeah. She tries to kick. He blocks it. But respect. Yeah. Respectable. You know what? I, you, know what? Uh, you know what? I feel that Usagi has learned to be or has earned the not an idiot prize this episode. Yeah. So she's knocked on the ground, and he's getting closer, being a real creep, and whatever he's going to do next is gets interrupted by, because, sh- there's a rose. There's a rose. Stopped in the path, and looks like Tuxedo Mask is here to save the day. I mean, he never does anything, but he does interrupt it, and yeah, Jadeite well, runs. One th- well, one thing is that he stops it, and then Jadeite just leaves. Yeah. Why? He's afraid of roses. He's afraid of roses. That's his one really. thing. I-, I would have loved it to see Tuxedo Mask and Jadeite just duke it out together. Yeah, but that's that's a very uh, a very bro show type thing, and I don't think that this is that. I guess, but just just think about just seeing a little bit of a fight scene between between Jadeite and Tuxedo Mask. That would have been awesome. It can be, but we'll save that for we. I would rather have that be saved for another time. Let it be a spectacle or a moment. Okay. Anyways, I think it's just really cool that Tuxedo Mask actually does something because he runs away. Yeah, he actually does something for once. Followed by Tuxedo Mask, who runs away. I I mean his his work was kind of done. Jadeite ran away, so he's like, "Well, my work here is done. I actually did something for once." For the first time on the Century Study, Tuxedo Mask won. Exactly. Oh, just the the heroes are actually being smart. And this is kind of irrelevant, and we'll see if we can go pick this up later. But like the music in, for the background for Jadeite is oddly rad. It is pretty rad. There's this, like, guitar like, and bass riff. My god. This, like, weird, creepy groove. It, it's pretty interesting, to say the least. Anyways, yeah. so Usagi ends up writing her love letter to Tuxedo Mask. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. So, yeah, so they're back in class. Everybody's woken up again. She's writing her letter. Naru ends up taking the letter and is running around with it. Very yeah. high school yeah. girly. Yeah. And you'd think that Miss Haruna would stop, but no, she 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 starts running after them too, being like, yeah. I want to see the love letter. Yeah, yeah they're oh just, it's, it's a real happy and fun ending. Oh my god. Yeah, so, um, this episode was good? This episode was actually good. Like, I liked it. I don't mean uh, ironically liking and riffing. I, I am like, surprised. Legitimately, I enjoyed this. I, I am legitimate because you guys remember that la- that last time we talked about Sailor Moon, we're critical. Yeah. Well, well, I was more critical than you were. I was saying like I don't like Usagi at all. I think that this show is kind of dumb, and I was saying I was saying a lot of negative things about the show. Mm-hmm. But now I'm actually being like. This is actually pretty good. This 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 episode was actually pretty good. They grew up so fast. I, I don't know how the filler's going to be. It's probably going to have Usagi acting like an idiot again. But you know what? For one episode, her actually being smart, you know, good on you. You you know, Sailor Moon, you actually earned... You actually learned, earned the Silver Maxis seal of approval. All right. I think that closes episode three. Yeah. And so... Well, one thing that... Um, that we had talked about of with the whole little trivia section that we had in between the first two episodes. Didn't we want to try making that into an actual thing? All right. So it looks like this is study break. Yep. So one thing that's definitely interesting is that the disguise pen is is for shown in this episode as being, you know, it's a very important item. However, one thing is that in the manga... This wasn't actually introduced in... This wasn't even in the original manga. Yeah, this 
Or the, you mean this episode wasn't in the original manga? This yeah. story. Yeah, this story was not in the original manga because, mm-hmm. you know, for all intents and purposes, this was filler. Yeah, but the disguise pen in the orig- in the manga was actually going to be in our future episode that we're going to go yeah. cover next. Yeah, in episode 8. Yep. Um, which is actually really surprising because it completely skips all the way... Like, the manga completely skips to us meeting our next major character, which we'll get to in episode 8. Um... Ami Mizuno, right? That's her name? Yep. Well, we'll get into that. On top of that, some things that are pretty interesting is the translation or dub choices. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, um, well, one well one thing is that... Uh, so there are two interesting changes to the original dub. And it would be the lines Midnight Zero versus Love Line. Hmm. And the other one was Disguise Pen versus Luna Pen. I guess trying to not emphasize Luna so much. Yeah. I was I... like, anybody can use this. It's a special toy. It's about you. It's not about Luna. Yeah, it's not about... Luna's just the one who gives it to yeah. her. As well, um, there's a line in the original dub that says that the rose must have magical powers. That's why Jada, Jada must have left. Okay, so it's not a normal rose. Okay, yeah. Um, and then one last thing that I would like to bring up with regards to dub changes, while that this is going to be a little bit of a of a spoiler for episode eight, but one thing regarding Ami Mizuno is that it's mentioned in the original English dub done by Deck Entertainment that she is a transfer student from Brighton Academy, which is um implied to be somewhere in England as she speaks with a, a bit of a British accent in that. Yeah. Similar to well, Luna in the Dick uh in the Dick Entertainment dub where she speaks like she kinda speaks like a nanny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, it's it's weird. But you know, in the original she was just another normal student at uh at Usagi school compared yeah. to being from this Brighton Academy. And I like the idea of her being from Brighton Academy a little bit more because we have that standard of transfer student. Is this person a monster? Is this person a friend or foe? Yeah, that that's definitely very interesting. I mean, I feel that either way it, it works, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. On to the actual episode? On to episode eight. All right. Episode eight. Is the girl genius a monster? The brainwashing cram school of horror. The, these episode titles, they're pretty... These are gold. Yeah. And so we cut to Queen Beryl, and and with her and... Da- oh, sorry. So we cut to Queen Beryl, and we have her and Jadeite talking, and they're being like, Oh, it's so horrible that parents force their children to study. We can use this to our advantage. Yes, this studying is worse than any monster we can possibly throw at them. My god, that, that, that's just the corniest thing ever. Yes, it, it, these plots are so ridiculous. It just reminds me of some Pokemon Jesse and James stuff. Uh, this this reminds me of something that Rita Repulsa from the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers would do. Jadeite, we must steal that Pikachu. <laughs> also, also make all of my monsters grow. <laughs> Oh, it's so precious. Uh, our childhoods. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we then cut to Soggy, who's reading manga, yeah, but which it, uh, which in the in the original dub is just listed as comic books. Which is actually a smart localization, though. It, it, I mean, yes, it is, because not many people they're, would know they're manga. They're comics. But, they're comics. Yeah, there are comics, but either way. So we go over to Usagi, and we see that she's just reading manga or comics, whatever dub you're using, mm-hmm. and she's just absolutely having a laughing fit yep and then her mother's just like have you been studying and no comics she has not not. yep and it's like (laughs) 
Usagi giving like this little just crying bit of trying to just giving these crocodile tears to her mother being like, oh, but everybody else needs to get so much higher. Nobody wants to be at the bottom. I'm a hero by being at the bottom. They need somebody to compare to. My God, Usagi. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's absolutely silly. And the mother's just like, please, just just don't fail. I don't ask for too much. You can you can be at the bottom. Just don't fail. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So after making a martyr out of herself, she's talking to Luna and talking about how there's this destiny and she needs to go fight these bad guys. But she actually... One thing that I like is she actually stands up for herself a little bit. It's like, yeah, but I didn't choose any of this. Yeah. And, and this is definitely interesting. And, you know, this is something that the Viz dub does a lot better than the original because in the original, they're just talking nonsense. Whereas this one... In the original, they're just talking, oh, you should go to school and you should do school stuff because school is cool. Yeah, I like that the Viz dub is a lot more focused compared to the original. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about that plot. Mm-hmm. We then cut to later in the night where Luna somehow gets into the game store. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how. Yep. She just does yeah so yeah what yeah so luna is in motoki's arcade place and she goes over to the sailor v game and logs in and turns out yeah there's some secret business going on here yeah um i like i like with the password how how they're talking about like the rabbit in the moon making making cakes and which you know it it plays into the whole legend of the rabbit in the moon and that it makes and that they make mochi yeah, so, you know, Sailor Moon, Moon Rabbit Legend. It's fine. Yeah. It's a nice nod. And I mean, Usagi does translate to rabbit, so... Yeah, so I, I thought that was a really clever password. I liked it. Yeah, compared to compared to the... the I, I hate to keep bringing up the original dub, but it this, it's completely just... Fish pudding. <laughs> fish pudding. It, it's pointless. Yeah. Why is it pointless? Yeah, so, I don't know. We, we should probably not harp on the original so much. Right, though. sorry, sorry. This will be the last time I harp on the original dub, ladies and gentlemen. Alright, so we go over to Luna, and she's talking to some kind of mysterious stranger in the computer. Yeah, although I think I know who that might be, but that's a spoiler. So she's talking to the computer and saying, like, I just don't think she's doing that well. And then the computer person tells her to be patient and to keep searching. Mm Mm-hmm. And she she then gives some information that she had gathered regarding this strange student who seems to be... Giving some sort of weird aura. Yeah, she's sensing a weird energy, and she gets that there's this girl. Yeah, this girl, Am- Ami Mizuno, um, who is known as uh, Amy in the in the original dub, which makes sense because you know it, it's basically the same thing. You know, you know, Ami, Amy, you can call her whatever. It doesn't really matter. I, I, I feel like I'll eventually um, misspeak and then call her. Amy instead of Ami, but it doesn't really matter. So the computer person ends up giving a profile of Ami Mizuno and sends and tells Luna, yeah, this person is possibly some kind of monster. You should watch out for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, watch out for this monster here. So we cut over back to school. Mm-hmm. And you gotta see that everybody's reading all their test scores and you think, oh, Umino's probably doing really well. No, there's this, there's the uh, Mizuno girl who's doing even yep. better. Ami Mizuno. Yep. And they talk about how she's just absolutely doing amazing, wrecking it. And she's not the smartest in the country, or not smartest in the school, but smartest in the country. Smartest in the universe because her IQ is over 9,000! 
By the way, that wasn't a joke. That's an actual quote from Umi now. Yeah, okay. They memed on us. Like, yeah, they, they, I feel like they totally memed on us. And, and we, and we checked the, and we checked the, um, original dub. That was not in the original dub. Drinking game every single time we say original dub this episode. <laughs> exactly. We probably shouldn't have watched the original. We, we shouldn't have. We but, shouldn't have. But, you know, we, we wanted to check. We wanted to check to see if we, the over 9,000 thing yeah. was in but there. But we've got to stop referencing that. It's getting yeah, we tiring. Will. We will. From, from now on, we, we will just stick to the Viz dub, and we won't talk about the original dub at all. Oh, no. I, I mean, like, I'm cutting all this out. It's yeah. tedious. <laughs> fine, fine. Because we gotta Anyways. be, we gotta stay on top. Anyways, of it. moving focus. on. So after talking about how amazing she is and seeing if they can get any help from her, or maybe they're and some of the girls are also talking about how, oh yeah, she probably got you know a full ride, or maybe she got paid off because her mother's doing everything like that. Yeah, because apparently her mother's a doctor. Yeah, and you see, Ami just looks over as if hearing. It's like, oh, what did you just say? <laughs> yep. And then we cut to Usagi and Ami walking home, and Luna pounce. Yeah. So Usagi sees that Ami is just walking home alone, and then she sees Luna just, like, on top of fence, and just jumps straight on top of Ami. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) my god, Luna, (laughs) were were you actually planning on attacking her? My god. Preemptive strike. (laughs) But the strike isn't too violent. She just lands on her shoulder before being, like, um... Pacified by Ami, just, just petting her, just being like, meow. Yep, so, yeah, Ami's a nice girl. She just pets Luna, and that's real pleasant. Yeah, because cat. Yeah, Luna goes full cat. (laughs) So then Usagi catches up, because she thinks, oh man, I should probably be friends with this girl. She'll help me be less stupid. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, to be fair, in episode three, she was was acting rather smart. I do respect that she's trying to be less stupid, though. Yeah, you know what? That's good. Because you need to be less stupid, Usagi, because I actually like you when you're less stupid. Speaking of stupid, she takes her to the arcade. Uh, you know what? You know what? To, to let Ami have some fun, you know, that that seems like a very nice thing, just to, you know, grow, grow in being friends. You know, that's that's actually really nice. Yeah. And so they but, get... then, but then we see that Ami is, is like crazy good at video games even though she's never played a video game before i think we're skipping quite a lot here sorry sorry so usagi ends up talking to ami about how they should hang out because you know she wants to be friends and gets a study buddy and everything like that Mm -hmm. much like this podcast and then she ends up saying yeah we should go um head over to the arcade and play some video games and then ami tells her that she goes to the cram school every single day and is worried about time but they end up going anyway yeah well, actually, I think that that happens later. Okay, never mind that. Because I know that Usagi, Usagi ends up, well, failing at video games as always, because she's she's not she's not cut out to play jump and shoot gal. Yep. So Usagi's just showing off her sick video game skills. As we talked about in episode two, video games get you mad laid. <laughs> of course. Um, but then, but then Ami ends up taking a shot. And she ends up wiping the board. Yeah. My god. Yeah, Usagi says, you'll be lucky if you get past 500. And then she breaks 20,000. Yeah, I think she gets like over 90. Over 90,000? Yes. Okay, yeah, that's that's definitely high. I thought you just said over 90. I was like, eh, didn't make 500, but still not bad. Well, I meant over 90,000. You know what I mean. Yeah, but so yeah. she is destroying this game, and there's like a crowd of guys just like surrounding her, watching her play. Like Jordan said, this get, this is what helps get you laid. Yeah. So, yeah, this is an. This actually is sponsored by the Sailor V video game. Gets you mad laid. <laughs> oh my god, are, are we really going with that? No. Okay, but yeah, it's like, 
But then she's like, um, "Oh crap, I'm late." <laughs> well, well, also, well, also, she's like saying that studying's the one th- thing she's good at. And pardon my friends, but bull crap. Jesus Christ, you you made that so loud. Look at that. Yeah, spike. I know. Want to try that again? Yeah. I'm sorry. Pardon my French, but bull crap. If, if uh, showing that you are good with a video game is means that you're better than just that studying's not the only thing you're good at. You're good at two things. Yeah, <laughs> and I feel that she's good at a lot of things. She just sells herself short. Yeah, well, I think that's how it is. A smart kid probably doesn't have a lot of friends, so good on her. Modesty. Well, Sagi will be her friend. Yes. Let's see. Yeah, so she's late for school. Yeah, but cram school. <laughs> yep, for cram school. But she forgets her floppy disk. Her her flop, floppy disk. Her flop. She forgets her floppy disk. Oh no. Yeah. So also, anybody remember floppy disks? Jesus Christ. Yeah. So uh, Usagi ends up coming out, and Matoki ends up following her and gives the floppy, which sounds really dirty. Yeah. Um, it, it, like I never even used floppy disks back. Like. I, I, I use CDs. I never used a floppy disk at all. Did you never play the original Oregon Trail? No. Scorched Earth? No. Wow. Yeah, it's just like... Yeah, I ne- Like, floppy disks are way before my time. Ugh, you're so young. What, what are you talking about? You're a so, month older than I am. So young. You're only a month older. Kids these days don't oh know anything. God. Anyways... So we get to Usagi going to give uh, Ami the disc. Yeah, as she goes over to the cram school where and sees that, oh, this is the special crystal disc where everybody becomes super smart. So Ami ends up getting to cram school and realizes that she doesn't have her crystal disc. Yep. Um, which Usagi now has, but she doesn't really need it because, well, she's smart. Yeah, so she goes on without it. But you can see that the t- very clearly evil teacher here. Yes, who who says foolish humans. As you do when you're a clearly evil person. When, 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 when you're a clearly evil uh, monster, a Yoma. When you're clearly a skinny middle-aged woman in the world of Sailor Moon. Exactly. Alright, so now we can go skip over to what's going on with Usagi here. Right, so... So she ends up getting to the front to, to the front, and she sees that this crystal disc is, is important for the cram school. Mm-hmm. That it can make you smart, too. Yep. But before she really gets in there, she... she Mamoru ends up showing up, yep. in in which she, he only really says one thing that's kind of nasty of being like, you being a genius, yeah, right? But more importantly, he's like, did that did that cat just talk? A talking cat? <laughs> a talking cat. A cat talking to me? <laughs> Uh, and, and then and and Usagi's just like no, there's no cat, and just runs away with yeah. Luna. They immediately start running, and you see Luna again, second time this episode, going full cat. <laughs> and, and 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 what's really funny is that they turn to look behind them. Mamoru's still looking at them, looking at them like they're crazy, and then they just dash off in like a cloud of smoke. Yep. And then they realize, oh, they didn't even return the disc. Yep. But then Luna says, hey, wait, 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 before you return the disc, let's check that out. Yeah. Because clearly if anything is useful in this town, it's probably magic and therefore will drain your energy. Hmm. I mean, it does seem very suspicious. And I, I love this because Usagi responds like, well, I have no idea how to use a computer, so you'll have to figure it out yourself. I mean, to be fair, computers, you know, they weren't really that much mainstream in the 90s. I mean, once you get to, like when we were kids that computers became second nature to us 
But think about being a teenage girl in the 90s. And think about being a cat in the 90s, because Luna pulls it off. Okay, yeah, surprisingly, Luna's able to pull it off. But you know what? Luna's... she She's a magical cat that can talk. She is a cat that is talking. So I, I don't think it's... I don't think it's out of the ordinary for, for a cat who can talk yeah. to know how to use a computer. But yeah, so she ends up using the computer, puts in the floppy, and then it immediately goes like, yes, please give me your energy. Give me that human brain juice. <laughs> give, 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 Queen Barrel needs her juice. Queen Barrel needs her juice. <laughs> Queen Barrel loves juice. Queen Barrel loves juice. <laughs> so Usagi's just plugging her ears and is like, oh my god, what is that? As there's this ringing with a repeated sentence of like, give me your energy. <laughs> give me your juice. So, give me your juice. So clearly after this, there's something wrong with the disc or the computer, and it's probably the disc. Yeah, it's probably the disc, and Luna's like, this must mean that Ami's evil. Maybe it means that Ami is being controlled. This means that Ami's evil. So Luna points out like this is a bad thing ami is probably evil we should probably stop her right now uh-huh so immediately they're gonna raid and one thing that i love is without needing the suggestion or anything usagi immediately just charges in after transforming using the pen from the previous episode yep able to get inside and basically is like stop using the computers yeah so she disguises herself as a university doctor yep however it's too late yep too many people are on their computers and most of them are brainwashed except you know, Ami, because she's just chilling, not zombified. Yep, and and so Usagi's like, "I knew it. You're you're like you're the monster." Yeah, and she just says, "Everyone, stop using your computer." Or no, was it? Right. Everyone, stay away from the computers. And well, then, that was that was at the beginning. Yeah, I just really wished that everybody just responded, "No, <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, missed opportunities." <laughs> but yeah, so after that, the teacher is. Very not happy with this. Yep, and she turn, changes into this, well, red demon that can form her a hand into an axe. Yeah, but it's okay because Usagi transforms again without any help. Yeah, this time, yeah, she's she's getting smarter. Yep. Which is surprising because normally she was, she was kind of dumb. I really love that you just said that because the thing that happens immediately after is the teacher has weaponized tests. Oh, right. And says... Why do apples fall from trees? And then throws her sharpened quizzes at her. Yeah, Usagi, you should know what gravity is. And one thing, I love the response. I was like, I don't know. Ask an apple. <laughs> so uh, she dodges out of the way the test. And then Luna points out, it's, like, it's, it's gravity. It's gravity. However, then gravity. she asks, in 50 words or less, explain explain the force of gravity. Man, I have a minor degree in physics, and I don't I don't think I can explain it in 50 words. Yeah, seriously. Things with mass pull, but then you have to clarify more than that. Yeah, seriously. It's like, <laughs> we, we, we are we are STEM majors, or well, one of us has, an, has a degree. Well, I don't know. You'll probably have your degree by the time this goes out. Mm -hmm. uh, we are, we are, we have, we have STEM degrees, and we cannot explain it in 50 words or less. Then again, I am terrible at explaining things. I am not an English major. Things with mass pull. I guess that's the best I can do. Things with mass pull pull things towards each other. That's but it. But she's 14. Come on. Yeah, she, she's... Well, she should know what gravity is. I mean, well, saying explaining it 50 words or less is harder. Fair, fair enough. Anyway, so she sends out her zombified people. Meanwhile, to deal with... And then, meanwhile, she's dealing with Ami. Because Ami's not following the directions. Uh-huh. So she picks up Ami by the face... And just, like, crams her into the computer. He's like, get absorbed already. 
Oh my god. And then, she, because the teacher noticed, wow, she's not using the crystal disc. And I love Ami's response, saying that he's like, no, I'm not going to use it, it's cheating. <laughs> so good on her. Good on her. And as a response to that, forehead starts glowing, new symbol. Yep, we have, yep, which reveals that Ami is actually one of the Sailor Scouts. Yep, so Luna comes over, gives her a stick thing, what was the thing? It's stick, th- it, it was, it, it's, it's the Mercury stick. So she gives her the Sailor stick and becomes Mercury. Yep, by, by saying, Mercury power, make up! Yep, I love it. Mm-hmm. So she ends up using her new move, what was it again? Uh, I think it was like water splash thing. Bubble spray. Bubble, bubble, she, she used bubble beam. Yep. So she ends up holding up her new item and says, bubble spray. Though the, the gap between bubble and spray was like a good 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like Mercury Bubbles Blast is what it's called. Hmm. But it, it it's it's basically just like, it's bubble beam. Yeah. So she says bubble... Bubble Mercury Bubble Bubble. Spray. <laughs> exactly. And first off, no bubbles. Yeah, it's like, it ends up being a... It's more a of a mist. Yeah, so it becomes misty and super cold around the area, and this bad woman with a crazy, weird red scythe axe arm is getting real chilly, and all the zombie kids are going... Pfft. Yep, keep a nice little cover for for Mercury and Moon so that they don't get hit by... And she ends up hitting a computer. Yep. In which all I have to say is, fooled you! Yep. Because there's this axe arm that's going to hit Mercury, but it's just an illusion. It's just an illusion. So after everything is according to Kikaku, she sets up the plan and says, Sailor Moon, now's your chance. Yep, and Sailor Moon throws the, uh, th- throws the... Tiara? The, tiar- the Tiara Destructo Disc action, and yeah, once again the day is saved thanks to Sailor Moon and now Sailor Mercury. Yeah, and this bad enemy turns into a large pile of dust that vanishes. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. We cut to to Ami, Usagi, and Luna all talking, and Luna being like, I'm sorry I thought that you were a monster. That was wrong of me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and so now... So now Ami is joining is joining the team, yep. which means that Sailor Moon kind of has a bit of a rival. Yep. Friendship required, but now she ends up having the final line of, oh, she's going to be better... Than me at this too. Yep. <sighs> and Poor Usagi. So one thing that's interesting for this episode: no tuxedo mask. Yeah, it's weird. We saw Mamoru, but they're completely different people. How are you so sure? Yeah, Mamoru is Hannah Montana. <laughs> the secret's out. <laughs> I'm not putting this in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, what? Uh, yeah, no tuxedo mask. We see we see Mamoru, but we don't see tuxedo mask in this at all. Yeah, and I think that wraps up everything we need from episode eight. Yeah, um, uh, another good episode. So which is surprising. I know we we're um, especially you more than me, but we we're pretty critical of the first two. Yeah, but we're having actual fun now. Like this yeah, is it good. It was actually good. These were two good episodes. Please continue and support the official release. This is a good time. Yeah, this. I'll admit, I'm legitimately surprised that we that. We had we had so much fun with these two episodes, you know. And solid heel turn because, like, Sailor Moon is competent. Like, yeah, she, just, she's still a stupid kid, but she's a kid. Yeah, she's still a stupid kid, but it actually feels like she, you know, actually is getting smarter and learning how this actually works and trying. Yeah, and trying. She's actually trying compared to, you know, what we see in the past two episodes of. Her being this incompetent, whiny 
character. Yeah. So I think we just had a great time, and I think that will close it for episode eight. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I mean, um, should we give our should we give our thoughts on these two episodes now? I think we just did. Well, yeah. Well, I, I think that we should give one final rating for each of the three episodes. I don't think we need to each rate of the them, two episodes. Though. Bleh. I don't think we need to rate them. We, I, I feel that these should be rated because um, I honestly give episode three or episode three definitely getting a four out of five, and I'd say episode eight is getting a three point five out of five. All right, so we'll go ask that then. Hmm. All right, so I think that concludes episode eight. So, gonna ask you, compared to last time, what do you think of episodes three and eight? I definitely think that these were a lot better. Like, yeah, the characters were a lot more competent. The story felt a lot more, you know, focused, f- focused and fleshed out. It felt like it was actually, you know, that it actually felt like it was going somewhere, and that's good. That's great. You know. Usagi is learning to be a better Sailor Scout, and that's amazing, you know? And I hope that she's starting to learn, you know, more and more. You know, when I when I started off with Sailor Moon, I was giving it, like, a, a two for the, for the episodes. For this, this kind of raises it up, overall raises it to a three for me. I think that it's actually getting better, and that is surprising. Yeah, and I had a great time. I gave it a four last time because I thought this was enjoyable and I can see why it's iconic, but I'm going to raise it to four and a half. I really liked this. So remember, if we're keeping five as just an average, seven and a half is really impressive. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I think we're having fun and it's only beginning. Yeah, it's definitely beginning. So shall we get to this week's study session, my friend? Yes, today's assignment is transformation. Hmm. So this is a big aspect of a lot of anime, but it's defining in this. You don't really have magical girl anime without transformation, unless they're girls who are just witches or something like that or some other thing. But usually the transformation is defining for the magical girl genre. And heck, it's not just defining for magical girls. Um, you know, even some Western, um, some Western pop culture, like, mm-hmm. you know, superheroes, Superman, he tra- he changed into his, I mean, sure, his was a little weird because he just went into a phone booth, came out as Superman, but... And Wonder Woman spins around a lot. Yeah, she spins around a lot. But one thing that definitely is very apparent with transformations is, and, you know, it's, it's definitely fitting, this coming from the Toku guy, is that it's very fitting for Super Sentai and Kamen Rider, or Power Rangers mm-hmm. for the former. Yeah. So it's definitely an interesting topic to have me on for because, you know, I can give my own uh, I can give my own little take on it from another medium. Absolutely. So transformation is a really big deal for a lot of things for identity or the idea that you can become something bigger. Look at Spider-Man, Batman, Superman. You can look at a lot of the Power Rangers. Now, Ladybug and Cat Noir. So for the series that you enjoy, why do you think transformation is such a big deal in a lot of these action shows for children? Okay, well, I think that I'll, that I'll save my Super Sentai Kamen Rider um, stuff for a little bit, but... I first want to start off with another show that I really like, Miraculous Ladybug, and and look at how the changes affect, or how changing into superhero forms affect Ladybug and Cat Noir. As with Meredith and Adrian, um, 
when the two changed that they feel that they seem to feel a lot more confident in themselves and that's one of the things that that quote unquote magical girl transformation i guess we can call it just hero henshin henshin literally means transformation we in just Japanese, say transformation so fair enough but yeah just their their transformations into their hero forms it gives them more confidence in themselves for cat noir it gives a bit more arrogance mm-hmm. but you know, they start to become, you know, like we had said before, they become more than themselves. Yeah, it's not just a costume. You're a different person when you put on the mask. Think Spider-Man. When he's Peter Parker, he's just some dweeb who just is trying to just get by. But when he's Spider-Man, he's, you know, the sexy superhero, muscly, the fastest, the smartest, witty, always having one-liners, and confident, silly. He can just be himself and feels like he can rock the situation. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that I would like to mention is the fact that sometimes, well, when it starts off, that it seems that the hero, when they put on the mask, they feel a lot more confident. One thing, a trope that there is in media is becoming the mask, in which, I mean, of course, with with that trope, it's mainly about, like, villains who are, you know posing as good guys, and they end up becoming a lot more heroic because of that. But when it comes to becoming a mask for a, in a heroic sense, it's mainly that the heroes start to gain more confidence in themselves in their everyday lives, that they become what they fight for. They become the hero that they become when they, you know, change into the hero. Basically, doing cool things makes you feel more cool, feeling more cool makes you do more cool things. You're just a more confident person. Now, I want to go focus in a little further on specifically the magical world transformation compared to these general superhero or costume fighter transformations. Because I think the fact that we have a very young feminine audience for a lot of these shows makes the idea of the transformation a little bit different. So we can look at Sailor Moon as the biggest example. Now, um, you can some people have complained before that the costume is a little bit sexualized. But in a a different way, it's seen as a form of beauty. There are these girls who want to be beautiful because in a feminine world, beauty is one of your forms of power. Well, as they say, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Not really sure if that's completely relevant here. Fair enough, but it's like... But it's about beauty as power, because when you're a young girl, whether you like the idea or the role or not, your appearance is more defining than muscles, which is normally what it is for guys. So that's why they don't need to be super muscled up. It's more important for them to be beautiful when you have these transformed girls. How they have these beautiful outfits, perfect skin, and everything like that. Yeah, w- one thing that's that's definitely very interesting is when you compare magical girls to a lot of, you know, superheroes in in like Western animation or, or Western comics or in tokusatsu especially, because a lot of tokusatsu heroes cover their face with with a mask mm-hmm. when they transform into their you know into their mm-hmm. um common rider or power ranger forms. and a majority of your classic marvel and dc superheroes as well although it seems like a lot of the women don't really wear um the these the, yeah these st- stylized masks well mm-hmm. i mean sure like they can wear like a mask to cover their eyes but they never really go any anywhere beyond that compared to batman who wears like this giant bat cowl yeah and i think that goes again to identity there are these girls who want to transform they just want to be themselves but better more beautiful those with more 
um, magical power, the ones who can beat the bad guys. So it's this idea that they end up facing all these bad enemies, women who are usually older or men. Yeah. And I think that's a very empowering thing. So that we end up making a joke earlier about how when Sailor Moon has the um, the disguise pen, of how we laughed a little bit of how she said, oh, did you have to say beautiful? In a weird way for young girls? Yes, of course you have to say beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of corny and it could be seen as unhealthy, but... But it's this, it's this power fantasy they want to give, and I think that's a clear understanding of their demographic. Whether yeah. we like the demographic or not, I think they understand it. Yeah, I, I definitely think that it's a little too much, but you know what? Whatever. Yeah, but then again, we're also not 10-year-old girls. So mm. take that all with a grain of salt. These are just what I kind of appreciate and try to study from this. After all, this is the Senshi study. Uh-huh. Anyways, I think that that'll do for... So I think that that'll do for this week's uh, study session. Yeah. So any final thoughts on Sailor Moon Episodes 3 and 8? I definitely think that this was a very interesting pair of episodes. Because we got to see Usagi grow as a person and not be this kind of crybaby lazy girl that we saw and start to grow into a more defined woman... And then we get to see her interacting with Ami and be and introducing her to this new, you know, this new character because she's no longer the newbie at this. I mean, sure, she's still new, but over eight episodes, she's been fighting monsters. And now she has somebody new to be there to help her as both a partner and a learner. Usagi has to teach her what there is to be a hero, and we'll see how well that goes come ne the next session that we do of Sailor Moon, if training Ami to be this amazing and great hero, if it, if it works. So Jordan, do you have any final thoughts on this? This show has crossed over to be something quite impressive. And this is no crosswalk. Oh my god. Thanks for listening to the Senshi Study. Class dismissed. Dragonite, 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 tonight all of us will sing together like we're best of friends. Moonlight, starry skies, firebirds, tonight let's dance everybody until the sunrise. Hello there, my name is Jordan and you're watching- nope, you're not watching anything. You're watching just nothing. There's nothing being watched. <laughs>